Happy Friday, everybody. We got a great show for you today. Seriously, this one's a banger. We're going to be talking about breast reconstruction. And I'm going to go over some stuff you can't find on the internet and some stuff some plastic surgeons won't want you to know. Then we're going to talk about kids getting plastic surgery. What? Lastly, have you ever wanted to see a breast implant get fired out of a real cannon? We're going to do that next on Nip Talk. Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle. With your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Welcome everybody, thanks so much for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Please leave us a like, leave us a comment and subscribe. We really do appreciate it. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. With me as always is my co-host, Sarah Bennett. Hi. Sarah. <laughs> In the box is the man, Trelvis. What's up, my dude? What's happening? What's happening? How's it going? It's going good. Good, going good. You guys get caught in that nasty weather coming in? Yes. Yeah, I my came a little bit early. Too. I missed some of it. <laughs> I don't know what it is about like Friday, last Friday was like, was it last Friday was so and I, bad? I brought my ginormous umbrella last Friday. <laughs> you didn't bring it this time? I brought a bag. A bag. A bag. <laughs> I could see you out there in the parking lot running with a like bag a over your head. I should have been out there watching. I could have filmed that. We put it up on social media. It's very embarrassing. Oh, well, I like it. You're doing very well for getting caught in the rain. Yeah. So, would well, you guys have good weeks? Anything exciting happen? <laughs> Nothing. Travis, you? I am playing the lottery. I guess that's oh, one thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, I did Dude. get a lottery ticket. So I actually I have was, it on me, I think. I got a so notification it's, it's on Saturday, my phone right? about this like 1. what? 1.6 billion, right? Yeah, yeah 1.6 billion. Yeah, so, uh, so it's funny. I had a meeting Wednesday night, and it kind of ran late, and I was on my way back home, and it was like 8.50 or something. Mm. And, you know, here in Texas, like, the power bill goes off sale at 9 o'clock. Right. I was like, oh, my God, i got to find a gas station. So, like, I'm, like, barreling down the freeway in Dallas, like, punching <laughs> in my phone, like, nearest gas station. I've never bought a lottery ticket. You never bought one? Uh-uh. Really? Uh-uh. Oh, now, Dr. well, that means you're smart. <laughs> the question is, do you, like, pick your numbers or do you look like... No, quick like... pick, dude. Like, okay, I mean, okay. that's too much stress to pick the numbers. Thanks. I mean, it's like, nah, do I use my birthday? Do you use my wife's birthday? You know, what are my kids' birthdays? Like, there's a lot of, like, <laughs> you questions. You don't remember. You said <laughs> no, that like you don't remember. <laughs> I know. I know. I was messing with you. No, I do remember. Okay, okay. No, but, uh, yeah, I just do the quick picks because, um, sure. I don't know. It's the I mean, easiest. it's still random chance. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't win on Wednesday. Darn. Obviously. But I do need to check my tickets. You know, a lot of times I buy tickets and then I just look in the news and it's like, oh, the Powerball was won in New York. I'm like, ah. And, I, and then I never check my, I probably have won like, you know, the million dollar prize a couple <laughs> times and just thrown it away. The secret is you have to go to like a small out of the way gas station. Really? That's, yeah. That's like the secret. To now, me. is that like statistically? Those are the ones that win? Yeah. Them the normally, I think, I think those are normally the ones that win. Like in, in like a small town. Don't Yeah. Don't go to okay. Bucky's. So I'm going to drive out. So it's, is it tonight or tomorrow? Uh, I think it's t tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's Saturday. Saturday. Okay, uh -huh. all right. I'm definitely buying tickets. Maybe yeah. I should, my first one ever. There you you go. should. I mean, why not? Someone's going to win it. Sarah, if I you mean, win it on the first chance, it, I'm going to throw feel, my ticket away. I feel bad as a doctor, like, telling you to buy a lottery ticket because, like, I mean, I should know better that statistically, like, you're more likely to, like, get hit by a meteorite Facts. than win the Powerball. <laughs> but, Facts. but, you know, 
It's worth a, a couple bucks, but I can try. All right, powerful. <laughs> what about you, Dr. Herman? Did you do anything interesting? Yeah, so I got a couple of funny stories, uh, actually. Um, so, uh, one, we do a Halloween party every year, and um, have you guys ever heard of Silent Disco? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have done that? Have you done it, Travis? I've not done it, but I've seen, I've seen it done before. So, my wife and I uh, found that at a couple places when we were out, like going to music festivals and stuff, mm -hmm. and so... Um, a few years back, like prior to COVID, we, we did it like at our house uh, and it was a blast. Like it was for, for our Halloween party. We mm -hmm. didn't just like order it for like a Friday night with the kids. Like we did it for a party. And um, it was so much fun. And so we did it again this last Saturday. I actually took some video uh, just to kind of show. So let me just tell you before you roll it, like mm -hmm. you, you put a headset on and there's three channels of music and like you can change it and the headset lights up with whatever you know, channel of music you're listening to. And so it's kind of a social experiment because people always want you to listen to what they're listening to. But then the funny part is, is like, it's totally quiet, right? But then people will start singing, but of course there's no music. So like, it's kind of awkward anyway. So I rolled that film. It's kind of funny. It's I <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah anyway um if you ever get a chance to do a silent disco i definitely encourage you to go do it it is a lot it of fun but i'm gonna cute. tell you like so that was like the end of the night like people were just like you know whatever but like it's funny in the beginning of the night when people first start doing it Everybody's if you haven't done like, it before uh... like you'll start singing and so like when you take your headset off like you hear this like kind of murmur of people like singing songs like really badly without any music and it's just <laughs> kind of comical. is that journey is yeah that was journey yeah, okay I, I so didn't know I, for sure. so i made all the tracks it actually took me a lot of hours to make those tracks because i did so i did one that was like edm you know so yeah. like techno dance music and then i did one that was like pre-2000 dance songs and one that was post-2000 dance songs yeah so the pre-2000 dance song was that coolio was that the gangsters paradise yeah that was coolio. okay yeah that was that 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 gangsters paradise that's, that's right yep. i like it i like it very good yeah that's funny. Um, i have a pretty like a, a pretty good music category or oh, yeah. collection at home very like, broad yeah it's very broad very yeah. broad so anyway so that was fun and then the other funny story i had you know we always sometimes talk about restaurants and stuff yeah so have you have you heard of kaichi and denton no what, you never heard what, of it what oh style my gosh. of food is that it's sushi okay. so there's this place in denton called kaichi and it's been there i think since 2005 and it's it's kind of like almost like a speakeasy famous restaurant because no one knows about it, but the people that know oh about God. it say I've never heard of it. it's like the best. And listen, it's like it's like a block north of the square. It looks like uh, like an abandoned Waffle House. Like on the outside, you would not even know it it's a restaurant. Sounds like a great place to get sushi. <laughs> Let me just tell you. So the guy K Kaichi yeah. that runs that is a master. He's like was some master chef in Japan. Went to Italy and did like some master training there. And he opens up this restaurant in Denton, and like the food there is unbelievable. It's like. 80% sushi Japanese and like 20% Italian, roughly. Mm -hmm. And um, so we've been going there for like the last 12 or 13 years since we've been here. But what's the, the crazy part that I was gonna tell you is like, 
He's not open as many days as he used to be, and like the popularity keeps growing. So we went last night. A friend of ours called me this week and said, hey, I got reservations for Kaichi. Do you want to go? We're like, yes, absolutely. And so uh, my wife and I, you know, the last time we went, we didn't make reservations. So I was talking to them, and I was like, you know, I know that they're always like booked out like a long time. Okay, so I asked, when do you have your next reservation? And they said, we're entirely booked through 2023. Wow. And we're not even taking reservations for 2024 until October of 2023. <laughs> Can you believe yeah, that? There's another restaurant like that in Denton. The Italian place? Yes. So that my one, okay, me, it's like me and Roma Does, or something? Yeah, my friend Cassie got, only, she only got so, reservations there because she knows a waiter. And so like, you, you I, I know the one you're talking about. You can get reservations there. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? Because that's a new place too. Like this place has been around forever, but... Uh, but yeah, we want to hit that place up. You just, to get that one, like there's something to it, like they go on at a certain time or something. I have no idea. But Kaichi, like, unless you're ready for like 2024, like, sorry. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? That is crazy. But yeah, I like so both of those styles of food. Do you? Yeah. I tried a different style of like restaurant. It's called DeLuca's. I don't oh, know if you. Uh, is that a steakhouse? No, it's a, it's like an all you can eat, like pizza spot. But it's like, pizza. is it like, is it like the Brazilian? Yeah, like, I went there. Yeah. It's Brazilian pizza. No, it's like Brazilian <laughs> styles, like a Brazilian steakhouse style. So you right. have like a little card and you flip it over oh. whenever you want food or you turn but it back. But it's pizza. Over. Yeah. And they have all different kinds. So it's like yeah. fancy CCs. Basically, that's exactly like this is the perfect way to describe it. They had like spinach and like uh, some kind of cheese, and it, it was just I don't know. It, it was is dope. So, fun. so these are like very like high pollutant pizzas. Like, it's not like pepperoni, right? No, it's legit. No. It's yeah. like, it's like goat cheese or it's fancy. Egg. Like it's got like truffle yeah. oil. They have like a fancy. They have not fancy. They have a spicy salami um, mm. that was really good. It was super good. Yeah, nice. it was a good piece of DeLuca's. You got to try it, man. Got to. Where is that place at? It's, uh, it's in like the design district. Oh, I love design district. Yeah, it's like the, yeah I went somewhere over here. Yeah. yeah. I love Dallas, man. There's so many like little areas like that. You know, it's like design district, Deep Ellum, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, so cool. South Oak Line in the design district. That's, that's what I did last weekend. Oh, that's right weekend. by the Medicine Moth. Yeah, I know that's where that's That's what I did mm-hmm. last weekend is I went to that parade that they have oh, every how year it? and it's Halloween. like the uh, it's like a pride parade but a halloween pride yeah, parade sort of yeah, yeah i've heard fun. of that we haven't been we've actually talked about going up then we always do like our halloween parties so i was a devil and they took away my pitchfork because it was like a weapon <laughs> yeah it was plastic though it was plastic and they, and took they were like we're gonna need that ma'am and i was like what mm. but, but i'm the devil <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll regret Man. that i'm gonna have to yeah. you take oh that's right yeah, I think that's how you take some pictures of that. So yeah, I'm gonna I totally check that out. Forgot. Yeah, pretty cool. All I right. That was forever ago. All right, enough fun stuff. Not that this next part's not fun, but we're getting a little bit more serious, just a little bit. Uh, and we're gonna talk <laughs> about breast reconstruction just in time for breast cancer awareness. Actually, no, that was last month, so I'm a week behind. Sorry, everyone, but better late than never, right? Yeah. So um, this is something actually uh, that I think is great to talk about because it's a topic that can be. Uh, pretty confusing and it's something i did tons of like in the past i still do today in fact i did a breast reconstruction this morning actually Mm -hmm. um and so uh i'm gonna uh kind of give you guys some good information and so if anybody out there knows somebody who is going through breast cancer might be on breast reconstruction you might tell them to watch this because um there are certain things you can't learn on the internet and having done this for 13 years um, I can, you know, tell you quite a bit about it. So, you know, the first thing is like, you know, just talking about breast cancer. And of course we could spend an hour talking just about that. So I'm just going to kind of hit the highlights, you know, 
as far as breast cancer goes, it's about a 13% incidence in women. So, you know, if you take 100 women over, over the course of their lifetime, about 13 of them will, will have breast cancer. And, yeah. and that's a pretty high number. I mean, that's like, what, one in eight, I guess. And so, um, you know, and, and we pr probably should spend like a whole segment sometime talking about breast cancer because there's a lot to, to talk about there. But the one oh, thing yes. I would say just about it in general is just make sure you're getting your mammograms. You know, I found that breast cancer is definitely something that is curable as long as it's caught early. Yeah. And so the cases I've seen that, you know, are less than, you know, good outcomes, um, we're generally people that, you know, maybe ignored stuff. Yeah. So I do encourage people to, um, you know, get their mammograms. That scary is stuff. Yeah, scary stuff. So breast cancer surgery kind of comes in two varieties if you have breast cancer. And, and, and this is just really kind of generalizing things because, you know, like I said, we could talk for hours. But, you know, there's kind of the decision of like lumpectomy, which is taking a little piece of the breast and then getting some radiation therapy versus doing mastectomies. Long story short, those two outcomes are equivocal, meaning one is not necessarily better than the other. Okay. Um, so that's something that people are offered whenever they are visiting with a surgeon who does breast cancer. And it's kind of funny how the trends are. Like over the course of my career, I've seen it go from where most people are getting lumpectomies and then everyone's getting mastectomies. And now it's kind of swung back a little bit to where people are, uh, are doing a lot of lumpectomies, but it kind of changes. Which I'm not. I, I I don't. I think it's honestly more about like insurance companies and stuff like that than like what's best for the patient. Cause like really what they'll approve the, or something. Yeah, that or like you know. I mean, I, how hard it is to get get get, get it scheduled. I mean, because it's 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 not like that. You know, the therapies have changed a whole yeah. lot. You know, is like it, is it related to age? Too, because I, mean, I know my grandma. She had hers like both. Of I hers mean, it is definitely related off. to diagnosis. Like, there's yeah. some ones you just cannot do a lumpectomy I mean, on yeah. because they're too spread out. Um, but, but then you know, uh, there was times in my career it seemed like everyone was getting mastectomies. And so, you know, as a reconstruction surgeon, I mean, that's totally up up to the patient. You know, how they want to go about it. But, um, you know, when it comes to mastectomy, then it further gets broken down into you do one mastectomy, like one side, or do you do both, to, you know, prophylactically, you know, get rid of the yeah. chance of breast cancer. You know, these are conversations to have with your, with your breast cancer surgeon. You know, a lot of it involves like how, how serious the diagnosis is, is it an aggressive cancer versus is it a genetic cancer, which those do tend to be more right. aggressive. And then the other thing with, with mastectomies is whether or not they take the nipple or don't, you know. Yeah. And these are all, you know, it, it gets to be a very complex tree. And like I said, we'll do a segment on that. But I do want to kind of focus on the reconstruction part. And so the big question, you know, with reconstruction these days is to reconstruct or not to reconstruct. <laughs> um, like that. Um, so, uh, you know... Uh, I'll just give you my two cents on that. Um, there has been a trend lately for women not to do reconstruction. I, I see it on social media. Like there's this big thing of, oh, you know, I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, you know, post mastectomy breasts. And then you see yeah. these women do these videos. And at the end of the day, I want people to do what they want to do. But I would tell you the common problems that women tell me when they do that. Because I, I see a fair number of women who had mastectomies in the past and they said, oh, I don't want reconstruction. And then a year later, they're like, I want reconstruction. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing um, really is with clothes, because a lot of people think that if I get a mastectomy, I'm just going to look like a man. And that's not really true. Most times when you get a mastectomy, you end up being cratered. Yeah. And so I where I remember my, how my grandma looked. Yeah. You were, you were telling me your grandma had a mastectomy yeah. and she did not do reconstruction. No, but she had, but she like wore a... A bra that was specifically made for oh so it had like a little bit of padding or something mm -hmm. yeah but she was so she was just so old that she just didn't she just didn't care 
Yeah. She was and, just like, meh. <laughs> yeah, and you'll see that. Um, I, that, you're, that is definitely true. Yeah. The older the patients get, you know, the less likely they are to pursue yeah. reconstruction. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's fine. But I mean, I've had a lot of people that I've seen that made that choice and then wanted to do it later. And you can totally do that, but it is harder. It's much, much easier. I could to, see that. Yeah, it's much easier to do what you call an immediate reconstruction, mm -hmm. which means you do the reconstruction at the time of the mastectomies. Um, but you can always do it down the road. It's, it's, it is definitely possible. It's just, you know, a little bit, a little My bit more My mom actually had breast cancer. Did she? Yeah, she's like 20 years in remission, so shout out to her. Excellent. Ooh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. But uh, she had, she decided to get a mastectomy. Did she? Uh-huh. Did it she was, get reconstructed? No, she did not. She did not. Oh, uh, okay. she did not. Mm -mm. Wow. And this was like in the 90s. In the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this was in like the 90s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I will tell you, in the 90s, um, I, reconstruction was not near as good as it is today. Mm -hmm. yeah. In fact, I've seen it like change quite a bit in the years I've been in plastic surgery. My first year of plastic surgery was 2007. And at that point, like, you know, kind of the goal with breast reconstruction was I want to get something that just fills my bra and maybe I'm not like embarrassed if somebody sees me out of my shirt, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that was kind of what it was like, you know, we were, we were able to reconstruct breasts, but like, they definitely weren't aesthetic triumphs. And, um, and that changed a lot. Like when, uh, when I was at the peak of doing breast reconstruction, you know, when a patient came into me, I would flat out tell them that my goal is that you're going to look better reconstructed than you look right now. Nice. And I would say that the majority of the times that I was able to accomplish that, and I actually brought, I don't bring a lot of pictures, but I did bring some today because yeah. I you know, wanted people to be able to see like potentially what, what they could get. Um, but yeah, the quality got a lot better just to improvements in the technology as well as improved knowledge of like um, how much tissue you could leave behind, you know, and still get a safe cancer removal. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, in the nineties, it was a little bit different. Like breast reconstruction was, you know, a little bit more haphazard. What, what happens if you can't save their nipple? Do you just like make a new one? Yeah. In fact, so I was going to actually talk about that and, um, cause I had just put a video That's out. That's what keeps popping in my head. Yeah. So I, I, there's, there's two options on that and I'm just going to gloss over it. Cause I think I'm gonna do a whole segment on that. Cause there's, there's a lot to talk about, but the two options for reconstructing a nipple is one, you can get tattooing. Okay. Um, there's some, there's amazing artists out there that can do some really nice tattoos, or I can create a full nipple areola. Um, you know, I just use the tissue on, on, on the breast to do it. And, um, I think I'm gonna do a segment on that cause it's pretty cool. And there's a lot to, to kind of talk about, um, nice. because there's a lot of people that get to that point. They're like, now what do I do? And sometimes their surgeons, you know, don't go all the way with them and, you know, help them guide that. But yeah, but yeah you can create one or you can tattoo it. Yeah, it's the short answer, so. Nice. But I did want to go over kind of the most common reconstruction types because, I mean, there's a couple things that have changed in, in reconstruction. And quite frankly, like, I, I don't like it. Um, you know, I, I think that at some point uh, that what's best for the patient gets lost. Yeah. And so, um, so let me just start out by saying that there's a lot of different reconstruction methods. I mean, I could spend hours talking about the different kinds. For the most part, there's three kind of broad categories that are used by most people today. So the first one would be, be called, uh, is what we call direct implant. So in this, a uh, patient gets a mastectomy, and in the same surgery, we put in the final implant, and then that's it. 
Okay, so it's a single single stage operation. So, you know, that's like when you were talking about, um, or who was talking about somebody, was it your grandmother at 70 that she got her mastectomy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's what I would offer somebody in that age bracket, you know, because of all the reconstruction methods, it's the simplest. You know, it's like, you know, you're already in there. Yes, there is a slight increased risk of putting in an implant than, than not. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's not like a big risk, and you know the the downside of it is the you know the outcome of that. I mean, your best outcome would be it's maybe okay. You know, yeah. the, the problem is is when you take away the breasts, like the space ends up being pretty big, and you put an implant in there, and it kind of shifts around, and then it, you know, all the tissues kind of collapse, and it, it may not like have a nice shape to it. You know, is it something you could put in a bra? Sure. Yeah. And so you know, for some people, like that's actually. Not Good a, enough. Not a bad option. Yeah. yeah. Um, then the next uh, method that that I prefer, it's the one that I do all the time, is what's called expanders to implants. And so with this method, the patient has a mastectomy, and then I put in what's what's basically accounts to a surgical grade balloon. It's it's a balloon that has a, a port on it, and so you put that in there, and and the muscle covers it up, and then I actually use a tissue product on the bottom to get complete coverage of this thing, so that it's not just touching the skin. Mm -hmm. And then you put a drain in, you close the skin over it, and then you fill this thing out. And these expanders are shaped, let's see, where's the camera? <laughs> the, the expanders are shaped like a breast. And so they come in flat, and then as you fill them, they do like this. And what it does is it stretches out the tissues in a breast shape. Because what happens after mastectomy is all that skin kind of collapses. Yeah. And they don't look great right off the bat. They just don't. But as you fill that expander, the breast starts to take shape. And then you wait roughly three months. And then you go back and you swap that out for, for a silicone implant. And so, you know, that's another reason why this method got so much better is, you know, there was all the issues with silicone implants in the 90s, and then we kind of got that ironed out. And so going into the 2000s, the silicone implants were good again. And, and not only were they good, but like really they're indistinguishable from breast tissue. You know, I mean, a good silicone implant is not discernible from breast tissue unless like it has scar around it. Mm -hmm. And so you can put that in somebody and like, I mean, it feels like a breast, like, it just does. And you know, it's nice to have a little bit of tissue around it. And so, I mean, and we'll kind of tap on that in a minute, but, but yeah, that's my preferred method. And, and I'm going to show pictures at the end after I go through them all. But, um, you know, especially if you're able to do a nipple sparing mastectomy, I mean, I was cranking out reconstructions that if I showed them to you, you'd be like, that's a patient that came and had a breast dog. Yeah. Like you cannot tell they've had a mastectomy at all. And even if they have to take the nipple, like if you get a good nipple reconstruction, same thing. I mean, you can see the scars, you know, in some of these pictures I'll show you, you, you might be able to see the scar. I have to cover up the nipples because, you know, can't show bare breasts on a lot of these channels. But, um, <laughs> but you can see some of the scars, and that is the downside of when you have to sacrifice the nipple, as well as the fact that it's always better to have your own nipple than one that's created. But yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the method that I use. And then I want to talk about the method that's kind of become more popular lately. And that is the, what's, it's pronounced DEEP, um, but the initials are D-I-E-P, which is Deep Inferior Epigastric Perforator Flap. And so this surgery came around uh, right about the time I got into plastic surgery. Because I remember we did quite a few when I was in my training. And basically it involves taking the fat from your tummy and using that to reconstruct the best. And the precursor to that was something called the TRAM, which was using that fat, but, but the blood supply to that fat was actually brought up with a muscle. And I did some of those, and I was like, I'm never doing those again. They were just such you know, horrifically invasive operations and that I was like, I'm never gonna do that. There's so much better ways to do it. And then the DEEP came out, 
And with this one, you actually clip the blood vessels of that fat, and you go up to the chest and you find a blood vessel up there, and then you sew those blood vessels together to supply blood to this tissue that you're going to use to make the breasts. And so, you know, I did a bunch of those in training, and I was never really impressed with them, you know, um, because, I mean, for one, the outcomes are like, I mean, at best, they can be good. Yeah. Well, you've talked about how you don't really like to move fat around the body. Well, that's different. That's, that's the fat grafting, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I actually do flaps. I mean, I do do flaps. It's not like I don't do them, but yeah. having, the, having done all of them, you know, and of course, you know, I did general surgery, plastic surgery, and then I, I did a fellowship in cosmetic and reconstructive breast mm -hmm. surgery with literally one of the most famous plastic surgeons in the entire world, Dr. Hammond. And when I got up there and, and, and started training with him, you know, we had this conversation because the deeps were kind of like, you know, becoming popular because it was new, you know, yeah. it was like a new technique. And, you know, they were used a lot in the university centers because it, it taught a lot of surgical technique. And, and believe it or not, things do happen for, for various reasons. Yeah, and so they were getting done because, you know, it was, it was a good way to teach people. And they're, you know, they're not bad reconstructions, but him and I both were kind of in agreement that like it, it was a little crazy to do them as a first line reconstruction. You know, when you learn about reconstruction, one of the first things you read in almost any textbook is it's a ladder, you mm -hmm. know? And if you're trying to fix a problem, you generally start with the simplest approach that will adequately solve your problem. Well, with deep flaps, it's like you're going from the first rung of the ladder to the very top immediately. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, yeah. sounds it's like, like doing, a little too you know, hardcore. And yeah, because like, you know, so this morning I did a tissue expander uh, placement for breast reconstruction. I was in and out in two hours. Yeah. You know, a deep flap, if you're doing two sides and you're by yourself, it could be eight or ten hours, you know. Um, most of the time they'll try and get two surgeons in there to cut it down, but you're still talking about like really long well, OR times. Well, you were times. talking about uh, Sewing oh, yeah, blood sewing blood. Yeah, you, you use a microscope and that like, you know, intense. you have to harvest. Then you have to like expose the arteries like along the rib. I mean, there's a lot to it. I mean, yeah. I did a bunch of training. And I was like, I mean, I, you know, I never like was caught up into them. Like, oh, these are so cool. I was like, I mean, these are just tedious. We could do something simpler and it gives a better result. Yeah. Um, but then also like the big issue is like the donor site, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, because with, with expanded implant, there's only one operative site, the breast. Yeah. With this, you have... This big operative site at the bottom, which yeah. can also give you problems. And so I kind of like, you know, when I was up there with working with Dr. Hammond, this is like in the late, you know, 07, 09, we were both kind of like, yeah, these things probably are not going to catch on because there's just so much better ways to do things. But, but sure enough, they did catch they on. Have, huh? and, and now, you know, you get a lot of surgeons. And I was just doing some, you know, looking at some websites, you know, when I, I always pull research, you know, before I do any segments. And, yeah, there's a lot of like websites out there that are will. It's like they're convincing you to get yeah, it. Yeah, pushing. They're mm -hmm. pushing you to get. It. So why do you think that is? Like, I mean, this is a surgery that costs more money. Pretty simple, right? So when yeah. I do a <laughs> when I do a expander tin plant, like the reimbursement uh, for me. I mean, I haven't checked it lately, but I mean, you know, maybe fifteen hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Deep flaps because of the extensive technicality of them. Insurance pays a lot. It's like ten thousand. Crazy. It's almost ten times more. And hospitals get paid like exorbitant amounts if they do. Well, them. that's like well, you just said it takes like eight hours to yeah. do a surgery by yourself for that. So one. I mean, uh, this that's is intense. the kind of thing that you know. I mean, I mean, there's gonna be people that be mad at me saying this, but I mean, I, I mean, without question, a lot of these things are being done for yeah. money. I mean, without question, because there are certain patients that I would argue you could make the case to do a deep flap right. as a first line, you know, and, and that patient would be somebody who is a little bit more. You know, heavy set because one, 
you know, they're going to have plenty of fat they could donate to. One of the limitations for sure with tissue expander reconstructions is that the largest implant we can use in the United States is 800 cc's, okay? Now that's a massive, massive implant. I mean, that's an implant that's like this big. Mm -hmm. But you do get some women who have breasts are even larger than that, and if they wanted to, you know, remain that size, the implants, you know, can be a little smaller than they want. Now, yeah. having done, and I've done, so my practice was really built on breast reconstruction. Like, I mean, there were times where I was doing multiple initial breast reconstructions in a week. I was working at one point for eight different surgeons, like general surgeons that would do the mastectomies and then they would consult me to do the recons. Um, and I mean, so I've done like tons and tons. I mean, I don't know how many reconstructions, I have to have done over a thousand reconstruction cases. Because well then, yeah, you know what you're saying. I mean, no, I'm saying, yeah, and so, um, I, I maybe had one or two patients that, you know, I put in the biggest implant and they're like, oh, I wish I'd been a little bit bigger. Um, but I'll tell you, like, you know, as somebody who's done all of those surgeries and, you know, trained with people who are like world famous, like, if somebody asks me, should I get a deep flap? I'm just telling them no. I mean, just yeah. the, there's just the complication rate for me. I mean, there's, there's a stated risk of the flaps dying. It's like two to 5%, which is not super high, but I mean, that's not insignificant. Then there's all the healing issues, and then yeah. all that for two, an outcome that two incisions. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I just you know if you're out there and you're thinking about getting reconstruction, um, you know, do your homework. I mean, the problem is is like here's the biggest issue. Like if if you're coming to me and you're thinking of two different surgeries, I could make you do whatever I want because you know as the expert I can say you know oh well you know you should get a deep because oh you don't want to have a silicone implant in you and it's 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 fat tissue, so it feels more natural. Like, you can make the argument yeah. for anything as a doctor. You can direct people to do whatever you want. I mean, I yeah, see it all. That's, I mean, you're the doctor. You're the you're doctor, doctor right? So whatever you. you recommend is yeah. what they're going to do. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I, I was trying to look up, like, what is the most prevalent now, because forever, imp expanded implant was, like, the most prevalent. And I, I was wondering if the deep flaps overtaken it, and I couldn't really find any data for sure about what it is. But, like, I know that they're being done like, yeah. like crazy. And so, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I personally wouldn't recommend anyone do it. I mean, just because you do an expanded implant, if it turns, it, you know, if it's somebody, if somebody knows what they're doing, you're gonna get a great result. And I'm gonna show some pictures here in a second. And if it fails, you still can come back and do a flap. If you do the flap first, I mean, like I said, you're going to the top of the ladder, you're burning your biggest bridge if something goes wrong. And so, I mean, I just yeah. am against it for a lot of reasons, but. Anyway, oh, the other thing I was going to tell people, um, this is kind of like a secret hint too. Uh, when you go, I mean, if you really want to like go all the way, you should ask your plastic surgeon what they think about the person doing the mastectomies. Um, because there is definitely a variance in level of skill. And when I was working with like, like those eight general surgeons, I had one or two that like I kind of dreaded getting a consult from because the way they would do their mastectomies made it really hard to do reconstructions. Like they just went like overboard removing tissue to where like I was left with like pieces of paper to work with. Oh my goodness. And um, you know, I would never like tell somebody, you know, don't go to some surgeon, but like if somebody flat out asked me like, you know, like, what do you think of this? Like, yeah. uh, are they good at what they're doing? I, I mean, it'd be hard for me to lie. I mean, and so, I don't know, it's worth asking, you know. Yeah, so like if somebody's in this situation, they should have yeah. I mean, two in fact, I had one surgeon. Well I had one surgeon that I kind of quit taking consults from because yeah. it was like every time I did with him, like they would have complications and it wasn't what I was doing. It was the fact that, you know, the, what I was left to work with was just 
really, really bad. Yeah. And um, so it's another thing that you don't, you won't read about that. You know, it's just kind of like that little secret. Hidden. But anyway, I want to show some pictures <laughs> of reconstructions. Um, and so I'm just going to call them four and twelve. So here you go. You can throw one up. All right. So this is this is a basically standard expanded implant reconstruction. Uh, the top is like her pre-mastectomy, and the bottom is her post-mastectomy. And you can see under, you know, I covered up nipple areolas. So the, her nipple areolas I recreated, but of course you can't show them because it, it'll yeah. get hit as pornography. Um, but uh, you can kind of see her scars. But like the shape of her breasts look look really nice. In fact, I would say that her breast shape is definitely better post-mastectomy reconstruction. So all right, let's go to the next one. So this one's a little tougher. Like this is kind of a tough expander to implant because. You can see the shape of her breast is kind of really elongated, and so it does give her the scars that are you know more visible um, because you have to take up some of that skin. But the shape of her breast post mastectomy is actually I think Much sig better. significantly better, and the scars will fade. And most of my pictures I do are like three month photos, so like the scars are always a little bit visible. And I don't do any Photoshop to them; I just take them, and what they are is what they are. Um, uh, this one is you know a little bit tougher too, just it's an elongated breast, um, but you know, I wouldn't say this is an aesthetic trivium, but they, I mean, there's a lot of people whose breasts, uh, you know, don't look as good as the one on the bottom. So like that, I, mean, I think they're a little bit more perky after the reconstruction. Yeah. So this one's definitely a hard one because the breasts are like so much different in shape. Um, they're different shape, different size. They're, there's a ton of extra skin, so I had to take up all that extra skin. But but really, like I thought it turned out really really nicely. And my biggest gripe is that on that right breast, there's that little crease, but you see that she had it like before she had, you know, had any surgery at all. Yeah. Um, now it's like I consider a pretty hard one. So this is another one, it's a pretty standard, standard implant. You know, the breasts have some sag to it pre-op, post-op. They look better. You can kind of keep going. Okay, so these are nipple sparing. So all the first ones I showed you are ones where we had to take the nipple. And it does make a difference because taking the nipple takes away some of the real estate of skin that you have. Yeah. And with these, you don't lose any skin. So like these are the ones where like literally, if I put them up, someone would say that person had a breast augmentation. So um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean I, to me, the shape of that breast just looks phenomenal. And some of these, I, I would even hit the scars underneath the breast. Yeah. Um, some of them we did them on the side, just depending on the particular patient. But I mean, I think those are like really pretty, pretty sharp. Yeah. Um, there's another one. You know, this one I did do a scar on the side, so it's a little bit visible. But once again, I mean, it's almost she looks, you know, better reconstructed, a little fuller. You know, it has more volume. Mm-hmm. You can keep going, Travis. Yep. That one I think looks super nice reconstructed. I mean, definitely. I mean, it looks like it looks like a cosmetic surgery to me. Yeah. You know, in these are cases it took me like two hours to do the first surgery and like an hour to hour and a half to do the second yeah. and like done. Yep. Uh, I think the next one might be a deep. I did throw one deep in here. Yeah, this is the deep. So I would say that this is probably one of the better deeps I've seen. You yeah. know, um, this patient uh, didn't have any complications. And, you know, uh, I think on, in this situation, I do think the patient actually looks better reconstructed. You know, I would say with deeps, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, yeah. if somebody put a gun to my head and say, you got to do deeps forever, I would, you know, seriously reconsider saying, I want to make you, you know, look better afterwards. But, yeah. But that one's pretty good, and so you know, as I said, like they're not bad surgeries. They're, they're, they're really not. It's just that they're, they're very complex. They're and they they do carry risks that you don't have to to, to deal with with other methods. Um, and and for me, like the results are just not as good. So yeah. So anyway. I do have a question about yeah. I guess the implant. So yeah, these are the same like 
are, are these all the same implants that you like like hit with the baseball bat ran over yeah. with the car these are all the same? the same ones yeah. are they different sizes yeah the oh. ones for reconstruction are usually bigger so I mean, there's no like hard, fast like number, but I consider anything bigger than 500 to be a reconstruction implant because right. when you're doing them for cosmetic, I mean, if you use like an 800 cc implant and they have breast tissue, I mean, they're, they're going to be ginormous, mm -hmm. right? right? So uh, when you're doing them for reconstruction, they've lost their breast, and yeah. so you know you need that extra volume. So um, like the patient today, I'm, I know for sure she's going to be like an 800 cc, um, you know, implant. And she's a little bit bigger gal. But, I mean, she's gonna look good. I mean, I can, nowadays I can look at somebody and be like, yeah, you're gonna look good, you know, if I do this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, That's interesting. But yeah, reconstruction. I mean, uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a hard topic because you know when you get on the internet, there's just so much information out there, and it's like, I feel like everyone has an agenda. You know, it's like I look at stuff, and I'm just like, oh, this person wants you to do that for this reason, this for that, and. I don't know. I, it just makes me sad that it's. I feel bad for people who are trying to wade through that quagmire and like you know, get any good information out there. You yeah. know. Um, so, uh, so if you're out there and you have questions, please leave me a comment. I I love talking about breast reconstruction. It's one of my passions, and I, I don't do as much as I used to, um, for various reasons. Um, but I still do quite a bit, and uh, I'm happy to answer any questions you got. Uh, leave me a comment. I'd like to answer whatever questions you have. I'm not gonna lie, the quagmire uh, word uh, it threw me at first. The, the quagmire. only quagmire I know is from Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, when he said that, I was like, "Who?" Uh, quagmire. Okay, so you guys know what a quagmire is, right? No. I'm guessing it's like something like it's like a bog chaos. or a swamp. Oh. Oh like, wow. Like you okay. get caught in a quagmire, like you know you're stuck in the mud or something. You know what? It fits. I'll just say that. Well, thanks. Based yeah. on the cartoon character that I yeah. know, it fits. Quagmire. Yeah. yeah he <laughs> His personality is very swampy. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys got to check me. If I throw a word out there, and it, it may be a made-up word. I'm going to throw a made-up <laughs> word in there and see if you guys and catch see it. see if we catch it. The <laughs> are going to be like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I know that word. It's a medical term. No, all right. Well, thanks, you guys, for uh, listening to that about breast reconstruction. So, all right. So, it's time for the NipTuck 911, where we talk about celebrity stuff. And I saw this article on Yahoo about celebrity moms talking about their kids getting plastic surgery. So, I immediately had to check this out because, like, oh, this could Dear. be, like, a serious dumpster fire. And, mm. and really, it wasn't honestly that bad. Like, you know, I, I went through it and I read it. And, like, um, so one was about Kris Jenner and, like, daughter Kylie and her getting lip filler. I was like, mm, you know, I don't know about that. And the next was like the Real Housewives of Atlanta that Kim Zolciak Bierman. Okay. I forget. There's too many of those Real Housewives people. Like, I can't keep track of them all. It's a lot of them. Yeah, there's too many. Out. Anyway, <laughs> so her daughter also got lip fillers when she was a teen. And then one of the New Jersey girls named Teresa, her daughter got a rhinoplasty. But she was 19. I'm like, well, I mean, she's over 18. She can do whatever you want. But then, uh, did you know that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Yolanda Hadid, like, that's the mother of the model... Bella Hadid, did you mm. guys know that? I did not know that. Okay, well, I didn't know that either. Anyway, yeah, I did not know so that. Her, her daughter got a run of plastic like 14, which, I mean, that's a little so bit. So Bella Hadid? Yeah, Bella Hadid. Okay. Did I say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was just making sure. Okay. <laughs> making sure she didn't have more than one daughter, I guess. Does oh, she it? might. She does, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think she does. Oh, she yeah, does? so is Bella. Yeah, it was right Bella. On. Yeah, the model. Like, she's like super famous. Yeah, mm -hmm. but she, I think there's two. There's two? Hadids. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. I, I've only heard of the Bella Hadid. Didn't she date like The Weekend or something like that? I think. Oh, she did? I believe. I could be wrong about that. I, I like think she did, though. Yeah, yeah I think she dated she The did. Weekend. So anyway, you know, I read that article, and I don't know, it was kind of like a little, you know, 
I was a little deflated afterwards because I was like, oh, I was expecting like these people to be doing like, you know, really crazy stuff. And they're really, it really wasn't too bad. There but, is one story that I did here though. Dwayne Wade, uh, I don't know if you know about like Zaheer Wade is um, Dwayne Wade's daughter who they were saying was wanting to have like basically a sex change. Um, and they are like a teenager. I think they're like 13, oh, something like man, that. Oh, man, dude, that is a whole can of yeah, worms. Yeah, yeah. So that's like an extreme case, I guess, in yeah. that situation. I mean, I mean, without getting into like all of the controversial stuff about yeah. that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I – and I'm even talk about this about plastic surgery. Like, I mean, kids that young, like doing stuff that's like life-altering to me is a little aggressive. Um, Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm free. I, I'm all for people of age doing literally whatever they want yeah. within the bounds of the law. But yeah. you know, well, I when mean, it, isn't surgery kind of like not suggest like that kind of surgery not suggested whenever like you're still like a growing person? Because uh, even whenever I think I had that my, like when, I mean talking straight strictly about transgender uh, stuff, I think at that age they're like doing the hormones and stuff. Okay, um, mm. that's kind of the first step. And the problem with that, and I. I I must admit that I, I, I'm not an expert on on those those surgeries. I mean, on that on that part of like the medical part of it. I, I actually do. Um, I'll do the top like transgender, like male to female or female to male. I've done a few of those actually. Yeah. Um, the the drugs I'm not as familiar with, but the the one issue with giving them that young is that if they change their mind, the drugs like cause. I don't want to say problems, but changes that are lasting. Yeah, they're mm. lasting. Yeah, yeah. That right it's on. like like if you start taking it and then like two or three days later you change your mind, like it can alter like your how you look, like you know, like your reproductive organs and stuff. So makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's like a serious can of worms. I want to make we'll steer clear of that one right yeah. now. Makes but sense. I actually do some of the uh, I do some of the top transgender. You know, I've done a few. Like yeah. I've done several male to female and a, and a few female to male. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, we should probably do something on that at some point, but we totally derailed ourselves. Anyway, <laughs> it's good. My no, no, I like it. Yeah, it's good. No, it's good to talk about things. Anyway, okay, so back on uh, the topic of kids and plastic surgery. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you guys a question because I looked it up, and I didn't know this either, so I'm not expecting you guys to know this. How many in the United States every year, kids 18 and younger, so I know 18 is not a kid, but 18 and younger, how many – Plastic surgery and associated minor procedures happen in one year in the United States. I'm sure that's quite a bit. Okay, guess. <laughs> Still a number out there. In America. In America. Travis, you want to go first? I'll say 100. Just ballpark figure. There? Oh my gosh. Mm. I'm gonna, I don't know. A couple thousand. Okay. Like 2, <laughs> so it's 200,000. Oh, man. 200. Way because I'm thinking, I mean, like, I'm thinking of all of, like, the the girls that are like, I want a boob job when I turn 16. Right, so you're thinking of, like, the done. kind of, like, the gray area stuff. Yeah. Right. Yes, that number is small. Now, it's going to be way more than probably 1,000 or 2,000, but, um, but you're, the one part you're forgetting are the procedures that are, you know, real medical necessary. Okay. And so when you add those in, the numbers start to count up. And so like, that would be things like cranial remodeling. So like when I, I don't do these anymore at all because it's just not my bag, but like we would do the cranial vault remodeling when kids uh, are born and their, their head shape is like off. Oh, it's usually yeah. due to the suture lines in the skull, like fusing too early. And then the skull can't grow appropriately and you have mm -hmm. to go and you cut the cut the skull. I mean, those are like pretty is that crazy. Some, is that something you have to do if that little, like, so I know some babies have to wear like little helmets. 
Is yeah, like a molding you, helmet. Yeah. yeah. So is that something you do if the molding helmet doesn't is not the molding going to helmet work? generally helps with that, or it could be like other like issues that the molding helmet's fixing. Like sometimes that's like for ears. I mean, mm -hmm. it depends on what time of helmet it is. Um, and and to be honest, like, it's been so long since I've done any of that. Like I I'm afraid to like even say, but yeah. But you're on the right track. Yes, the molding helmet does that kind of stuff. Okay. And then there's like of course cleft lips and palates, right? Yes. Yeah, cleft lips are are pretty common. Cleft palates are pretty common. So that would be in there. Um, otoplasties, where the kid's ears like stick way out, mm -hmm. which, I mean, to be fair, that is more aesthetic than functional. I mean, but, you know, kids are so cruel that like, you know, kids that have like the really, you know, wide ears, like, I mean, I, I have no problem whatsoever with them getting that done. Um, then injury reconstruction, you know, like dog bites and, you know, falls and stuff, like right. a lot of considered plastic surgery. Skin resurfacing for acne would fall in that. Like some kids get really bad acne, and so they'll go and get like resurfacing to kind of, you know, get rid of those scars. That would fall into that category. And lastly is gynecomastia. You guys remember what that is? Gynecomastia, we talked about it. Travis, um, you remember? Is it reconstruction no of like the knees? No, remember it's the man boobs. Remember? Oh, oh, man boobs, that's <laughs> what it was. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, except in this kid, be for, you know, boys. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's kind of capacity. So there are, you know, kids that get that. And so for that, like, I mean, I totally get it, right? Um, but what about the gray area surgery? So I, I've, I've made some slides, and we're going to go through them, and we're going we're gonna to see what you guys think. All right, so you can throw up that first slide, Travis. All right, so your 16-year-old comes to you and says that they want a rhinoplasty or nose job. So do you say yes, no, or maybe, Travis? Um, <laughs> I would and, and don't worry about the money. Say we say someone's going to do it for Yeah, free. for sure. No, I would definitely say no. You I say no, have, okay. If they're 16, I say no. Um, I would say yes, depending on, like, how uh, how badly her nose that she has now affects her yeah. mental health. Sure. I would say maybe. Um, yeah. You know, so the first, so one of the things, the questions I had when we were talking about the Real Housewives is one of the girls did it like 14. The problem with doing it too early is if the face is not fully grown. And so I purposely put 16 because I'm kind of insinuating that this person's fully grown. So we can scratch off. You don't want to do it because of that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Sarah, that like, I mean, it, I think it depends, right? Yeah. Because if, if my daughter comes to me and I look at her and her nose looks like every other kid and she wants a nose job, I'm gonna tell her no. Yeah. But like, if she got like, you know, my dad's nose that looks like, you know, like Rocky Balboa after he yeah. went a few rounds with Ivan Drago, mm -hmm. I mean, then I might, you know, be a little bit more, you know, yeah. willing to do it. Because mm -hmm. at that point, it, it, it can't affect them psychologically yeah. if they look, you know, so different. Yeah, so, I mean, and the reason why I say that is because one of my best friends in high school that was one of her graduation presents. Is oh, really? To get a nose job. Really? I mean, now, her... did she talk about that like all the time up until it happened, or? No, not really. No, like okay. she was honestly a very outgoing girl. She was in like the. Did you think her nose looked funny? Or... I mean, it, she owned it. If that makes sense, yeah. like she wasn't in like yeah. she wasn't embarrassed of yeah. it. But she and honestly, like it. she whenever she got her nose redone, it wasn't like an extreme yeah. thing. It was pretty it was just... much just to yeah. make Reshape whatever she yeah. wanted to feel comfortable. Yeah. Like I don't think she. Yeah designed it after like a celebrity or gotcha, anything. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, yeah, I would say for that one, maybe, you know. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's do the next one. There's a few of these. Would you let your 16 year old get a breast reduction? Uh, Sarah? I would. You would? If, yeah, if it was causing her pain. I, I would not. You would not? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, would <laughs> say, um, I would say once again, maybe, um, you know, I, I've actually done breast reductions on people in that age category. There are, 
I mean, Trovis, like, I mean, if you're imagining somebody, like, that looks pretty normal wanting to do it, then I agree with you. Well, I so I can understand for, like, medical reasons. If it was just strictly for cosmetic, then, yeah. you know, like, I, I know that causes, like, back pain yeah. when they can right. be, like, yeah. overly big and all that type of stuff. I Especially haven't done so a ton of them, but I have done, you know, a, a notable amount of breast reductions on, on girls under the age of, of 18. And mm. I think the youngest I may have done is, like, 14 or 15 and, and I had to have a conversation with them that you know it's possible she could still grow a little bit more after this but in, in that girl's instance like her breasts were so large like she couldn't do sports I mean she you know she had like serious back pain issues I mean her breasts were enormous yeah and so you know in that circumstance I mean totally I can see it you know Absolutely. It's, it's not that they're doing it for you know frivolous reasons like it's it's kind of a life-altering surgery for them so yeah all right next one would you let your 16-year-old get lip fillers? Travis? I'm going to surprise you with this one and throw you a note. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to say yes. <laughs> Sarah? Um, I'm leaning more towards no on this one, too. I would say no. I mean, yeah. to me, that's just purely cosmetic. Yeah. And like, if you, if when you're 18, you can you yeah. can cash that in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with you. Like, if my, my daughter wanted to get, like, lip fillers, I'd, I'd have to say hard no. All right. What about the next Buy one? Buy her that, the lipstick that has the... <laughs> that makes it plump up. Yeah. That, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> it's like a really severe Carmax. Uh, Would you let your 16-year-old get liposuction? Sarah? Um, No. Carlos? No. I wouldn't do it either. Yeah, no. Yeah, you know, to me, it's like... They still have so much metabolism. Yeah, I'd be that. like, all I'd right, like, time to hit the gym or yeah. like time to walk right. around, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, and plus, you know, liposuction is not really a weight loss procedure anyway. It's really just for contouring. So, yeah. I mean, barring like the rarest of rare, weird, abnormal fat growths, I mean, I'd have to... Yeah, I mean out. every every surgery I'm sure has a there's, medical yeah. purpose. Yeah, there's some it. exceptions. Yeah. yeah. All right, next one. Sixteen year old getting a breast dog. <laughs> Travis, that's absolutely yes for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll, I'll say it a different way. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, that was nice. Next little thing. Um, I don't think I would do it at 16. I think I would definitely do it at 18. So I would say no, but let me let me give you a curveball. So say your 16 year old has one breast that's an A cup and the other breast is a full C cup. Yeah. Then would you do it? Um, possibly. I would have to discuss it with with, with my wife yeah. <laughs> or my like her parent. Possibly. Yeah. I would probably. I would definitely. I mean. As long as I felt like the 16-year-old had the mental capacity to have surgery, mm -hmm. I would do that. In fact, I have done that. I've done those cases for people. Yeah, I mean, know. somebody close to me yep. has had, I mean, yep. not, she never got the surgery, there, but. There are, like, yeah, there's like. she was some, in high school with that. There's things so. like, uh, just congenital asymmetry of the breast. There's Poland syndrome. There are congenital things which can give you, like, a huge discrepancy in breasts. And so that would be my only exception. Like, you know, if. If my daughter comes and says, well, I have B cups and I want D cups, and I'm, I'll be like, no. Right. <laughs> you know. right. Sorry, sorry about your bad day. Yeah, sorry about your luck. <laughs> sorry about your bad so, day. All right, last one. <laughs> Would you get your 16-year-old get a Brazilian butt lift? <laughs> um, after my first time on this show, no, no. <laughs> no, no I'm, I no. think that's a hard no from all three. I take yeah. them I take them with me to the gym is what I do. It's a now for me. Yeah. It's, it's a Texas now. So um, I was kind of like <laughs> thinking of like, what is the summary of plastic surgery in kids? And this is, I think, actually kind of a really good way to think about it. You know, adults 
for the most part, not always, but most adults get plastic surgeries so that they can stand out from the crowd. Mm -hmm. They want to look younger, they want to look prettier, they want to have bigger breasts, so on and so forth. I think with kids that the only time they should pursue plastic surgery is if the plastic surgery is going to bring them back to normal. Meaning, don't do it to enhance something, but if they have something wrong with them that makes them so far out of like what's considered normal that it starts to affect their, them psychologically, then I think you can consider it. I'm not yeah. saying that you have to do it, obviously, but like, uh, you know, I mean, there are some things out there that just can generally can happen that kids can, you know, really be mean about. And, yeah. and so in that circumstance, I think it's, you know, reasonable to do. So uh, for the most part, I'm kind of a no, but for those, you know, special circumstances where just for whatever reason, they're, you know, gonna get picked on or just, you know, have, have psychological issues, then yeah, I'm definitely open to it. Yeah, I feel like if you're doing it under 16, it should def the need should definitely yeah. outweigh the want of that. Well, situation. and the reason I use 16 for all those I mentioned is because, you know, for at least for, for girls, for, for boys is a little bit different, but girls, most, most girls are growing. fully grown at 16. Yeah. So, you know, it gets more challenging. It's like, it's like, I did have a girl come in one time for breast reduction. I think she was 13 or 14. And I mean, she had enormous breasts. Like, yeah. I mean, it was like a legit consult. And so I had to talk with, you know, her and her parents. So I was like, well, you know, she, she still may get bigger. You know, if you guys want to wait, then you, you're going to be more certain that it's going to stay that way mm -hmm. versus we do it now. They may grow a little bit. And they they understood that and they elected to go to go forward because like yeah. it was just so effective. Well, her I'm life. sure it affected her weight too because she was probably right. she couldn't work. Yeah. She, she couldn't work I out. I mean, she actually she actually was not somebody not that was heavy set. She yeah. just naturally had just enormous breath. Like it was, you'll occasionally see people that like are like built like you, and then they have like these just enormous breasts, and it's just, yeah. it's just you know congenital. It's usually due to like, um, like either too much hormone or the receptors are like overly excited by the hormone. Yeah. And so um, you know there are like reasons that that can. A happen. girl at my CrossFit gym, I don't know how she does CrossFit. Sometimes. Does she have implants in them? No. No, no implants. She literally, when we run, she'll run like this. Oh my gosh. She just get a breast reduction. I'll tell you. She's like, I'm wearing two sports bra. I'm like, you need four. I will tell you, <laughs> of the surgeries I do, um, breast reduction across the board is the one surgery where I can almost guarantee the patient will come back and say, I am so, so happy I did this. Yeah, that's how every time I hear yeah. if a girl gets a breast reduction, they nothing but positive. Have we done breast reduction as like a topic? Thanks. No. Have we not? Oh my gosh. It's not as fun, I guess. There's some good things to learn from that though. Um, yeah. We'll have to do that one. So anyway, well, if you like that about kids having plastic surgery, please give us a like, subscribe, and a <laughs> that comment. That sounded weird. What? <laughs> that, that sounded weird. If you like kids having plastic surgery, <laughs> like us. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, what we're about. <laughs> All right, so I actually have a pretty uh, funny last segment. So you guys have seen me do like all these crazy things with breast implants, right? Like, yes. Hit them with a baseball bat, run over them with a car, throw them off the roof. I mean, we're about to get entertained. We are about to be entertained. So this is like it was always a dream Even of mine <laughs> because my sister, God love her, who's an awesome person, has in her possession at her property a functioning. Civil War cannon. Like the like this cannon was. I mean, I can't. She told me like where it was it was at some fort. I think it was a Union cannon. Um, I asked her, is this a Union cannon or a Confederate cannon? <laughs> so I think it was a Union cannon. Um, but she had it restored and it functions. And so she'll sometimes post these videos of her firing this cannon. She lives out, you know, in the sticks. And um, so this one day I was talking to her. I was like, hey, 
would you let me fire a breast implant out of that cannon? And she's like, <laughs> absolutely. And so the idea was born. And we, uh, we went out to California. This was, it was a little while ago. It wasn't just recently and, you know, took the family. And um, so I, I wanted to shoot this thing out of the cannon and see if I could, you know, get it out of the barrel and have it like fly and see if it would rupture either yeah. in the barrel or, you know, when it hits I imagine something. it gets pretty hot too. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and so like we had this whole thing, like, you know, we made this target and then I was like, okay, you know, because when you fire a cannon, like you put the charge in and you put this like wadding and you put the ball in. So I didn't want the implant like tumbling down the barrel. So I made this like special, like, it's almost like if you're, have you ever fired a shotgun? Yes. Okay. So you know how a shotgun has like that plastic thing that the BBs sit in? Mm -hmm. So that the BBs aren't rattling down your barrel. Right. So I made that for the breast implant. Okay. So, um, so what do you guys think? Like before we like roll the video, um, think it survived? No. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say no. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I thought it might survive. I was like, I wasn't sure, but I was like feeling like it hopeful. might survive. Huh? I mean, you were hopeful. You were like, I've driven over these things. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they are pretty tough. Like <laughs> yeah. they don't just like pop, uh, no. but you know, cannons are pretty powerful. And I was like, all it's, right, we're going to put a big wad in especially there. Especially like a sketchy old one. I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> This is a nice cannon. You're it is, like it. really is. All right. Check it out. Let's roll it. Dr. Herman here. I'll visit my sister in California, and she's got a real Civil War cannon, and we are going to fire this breast implant out of this cannon. I, it'll, it ricochets. It's going to lose a lot of, a lot of it. Uh, Here's the implant and the wadding. All right, pack it in. That noise is cool. All right, everybody ready? Yeah. On fire three. Fire in the hole, fire in the hole. Did it come out? I don't know what dropped it. I saw stuff out there. Yeah, it didn't survive. There's like, pe <laughs> there's like well, covered in it, silicone. Yeah. There's pieces of silicone. <laughs> there's pieces of silicone everywhere. It exploded. <laughs> It, so, it did not oh survive. <laughs> oh man. Intense. It was yeah, like right. charred silicone all over. Literally disintegrated. All it disintegrated in the barrel. Like, I mean, I guess I guess I should have known that. I mean, a cannon's pretty powerful. I Absolutely. mean, they're meant to uh, They're meant to fire cannonballs. Yeah. So like cool. basically what happened is the fireball <laughs> just enveloped it and disintegrated the implant before it like even got out of the barrel. But it did leave like a nice like splatter of like black powder silicone all over that target it looked cool though it was pretty cool right like did you see the cannon like it even like rolled backwards it's like, like you're like yeah. bill nye the science guy except with with breast, breast implants, implants. I'm like bill nye the breast implant guy <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was a lot of fun like i totally enjoyed it we had like it was so funny because like you can see in the picture but like we had like 20 people out there watching it because like you know her like her kids came over to watch it. My kids were there. It's like the neighbors like wanted to see. Yeah, this. you said she was out in the middle of nowhere, so people were like, "Yeah, it's a show." Yeah, <laughs> dude, it go. was a show. That cannon's loud too. Like the 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 video doesn't do justice of like how loud that thing is. Like, I mean, wow. you, you set up some good camera shots. Yeah, we had like the. Good I was like, all right, every, I, I, I was like, right, you stand here, you stand here. Like there was this like concrete wall. I had my son under the concrete wall, like in between the cannon. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, up. he was like, like I was like, don't stick your head up. You're like, don't die. Yeah, don't <laughs> die down there. This is for science. Ready? Bang. <laughs> but yeah, that was probably that's my best like implant 
you know, test video, I think. I can't wait <laughs> for us no... to make one. You said last time we were going to make one. I have some good ideas. You know, uh, well, Robert suggested that we play golf with them, which yes. I like that. And then the other However, one is... I don't is... know that I'll be able to actually make contact. Have you ever played with... golf before? I mean, I've gone to Top Golf, but I... it's not good. It's not a good time. I'm going to have to get some <laughs> small implants because um, I'll talk to my buddy who is the implant guy and see if he can get me some, like, really small ones, mm -hmm. like maybe some, like, 150s. Otherwise, they'll just like kind of blop over the, the tee, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, we're going to definitely do that. Um, the other two things I want to do is I want to get one of those like water balloon launchers and like launch one like into space. Well, not really, but. As far as we can go. As yeah. close to space as we can go. <laughs> Implants in space. Um, and the other thing, too, is I've heard <laughs> anecdotal stories of breast implants stopping bullets. Oh, wow. We'll have to try that one. Yeah, I've so not we heard that. can shoot at them? We shoot one. But, like, we would do it, nice. like, you know, we would set it up to where, you know, because, like, it, we just wouldn't want to shoot the implant and go right through it. But, like, if they yeah. hit, like, cloth and then, like, I don't know, we get, like, something. a steak or something to put over. I don't know. Yeah, something to be mix, interesting. like, fat and tissue. Yeah, right. Yeah. That would be a pretty good science experiment. Yeah. For sure. I like I, that one. We should do that one. Do you live <laughs> out in the country? Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I hear people shooting guns all the time. You, can't, you live in city limits? No, I don't. Oh, I don't. mean, you can, I think you can at, you can at my house. Hit. I have some woods. Mm. <laughs> Travis, oh you may have to meet up for this. You may have to. You may have to. <laughs> All right, we got time for at least one question? Uh -huh, yeah, we do. Okay. Um, so we have a question. How does chemotherapy or radiation therapy affect breast reconstruction? Oh, okay. Uh, it does affect it, actually. Um, probably the most... The, the, of those two, the radiation is the worst. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, radiation uh, is actually really bad for your tissues. I mean, it's designed to kill cancer, right. you know? Um, and so it does have a negative effect on the tissues. And, and that's something as a reconstruction surgeon that I'm constantly dealing with is, you know, is my expander gonna get irradiated? And so, and that's another problem with doing flaps. Like I, so like when I do flaps, I do lat flaps, which basically is using tissue off the back. I think those are great. Um, but I would never do that on a patient that I didn't know if they were gonna get radiation or not, because yeah. you don't wanna like, bring tissue in and get it irradiated. So, you know, that's a potential problem with doing flaps as a first line, which we didn't even talk about that. Uh, but yeah, radiation does affect it. It also affects how quickly you can do your follow-up surgeries and also it affects the complication rate, no matter which one you do. Um, radiation increases your complication rate, definitely. Now, for me, most of my patients who get radiation do fine. Okay. Um, you know, in the old days, like when people got radiation, like they seriously got like nuked, like their skin would like start peeling. And then over the years, we've gotten smarter, and so the radiation's gotten better. Yeah. And so, man, for the most part, people I mean, that's fine. just a scary word anyway. Radiation, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't want to like, glow in the dark. No. no. And then chemotherapy, honestly, is really not as bad as, I mean, don't, let me It see. just sounds nicer. Let me, chemotherapy let me sounds nicer than radiation. I wouldn't wish chemotherapy on anyone because it does make people sick. It yeah. causes their hair to fall out. They feel like crap, you mm -hmm. know, and that's gotten better too. It used to be way worse. However, from the standpoint of reconstruction, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, it doesn't affect the reconstruction really. It slightly affects healing rates, but I mean, I don't know, not really noticeable for me. Yeah. So, good question. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one more question. What are some plastic surgeries you've done on kids? Oh, me? Uh, so, I mean, probably the biggest thing I've done is uh, repair of injury, um, especially when I was in training. Um, I did tons and tons of like dog bites, falls, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's really bites. kind of odd. Uh, <laughs> nowadays, like, you know, 
when I first started my private practice in 2010, you were still seeing kids come to like regular hospitals. Like at least here in the Metroplex, that's not a thing anymore. Um, it's gotten to the point where it's hard to operate on kids because they require special training that every hospital doesn't have. So mm -hmm. most kids nowadays go to like specialty kids hospitals. Yeah. And so I see way, way less kids, at least for trauma. Now, as far as like, you know, the other types of surgeries, I mean, I think I said I did breast reduction. I've done a couple augs for like congenital stuff. Definitely done gynecomastia. Um, I don't do rhinoplasty anymore, so I haven't done that. Um, that's probably about it. Yeah. So. yeah. That's all the questions that we have. All right. Well, guys, I think it was a great episode. Absolutely. Um, out there, everybody watching, please give us a like and subscription. Leave us a comment. We'd like to hear from you. And we'll see you next week on Nip Talk.